Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another segment of Cisco and Falstone Hour on Broadcast and Politics. We're back, Mark. Yes. Go ahead. How? Go ahead. Okay. I wanted to announce to our audience, I rejoined Twitter on Monday. Uh, Over the years, I've had three different accounts fully suspended. Uh, I had some time. I thought, look, let me try and sign back on with a new account. I was permitted. I was on there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And today I go to log in, my account's suspended. Now, I shared (laughs) some of this on I shared some of this on Facebook, and people were telling me, well, why are you bothering, you know, with, with, with Twitter? And true, I've often described it as a leftist uh, sewer, uh, which I feel is accurate. But uh, oh, I have to say, like a salmon is driven upstream, I am driven to confront these deceitful, in, uh, evil, vindictive, authoritarians and I just I have to face them and that's why I rejoined Twitter and I know it was only three days but I got to kick Joe Biden in the ass Kamala Harris in the ass so many of them uh, that I (laughs) you know I have to tell them you know and I wasn't vulgar and I wasn't threatening but they still suspended me because you know we can't have that I was also sharing a lot of good tweets well, it's, it's you know, their loss, you know. It's their yeah. loss, you know. You know the 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 CEO for Twitter, Jack Dorsey, is oh, uh, yeah, left. leaving. He left already, and, and some madman, some even further madman, is taking over. Yes. Well, you know and what's he's scary? He's tool. You know, I'll tell you what's he's scary with that. It, he's yeah. a what? No, you he's said a what? Tool. He's a tool oh, of the no, he, 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 he's, he's like the tip of the spear in, in this uh, realm. But the thing that scares me is he's not American. Now, it's not that I'm racist or prejudiced, no, but it's no. that Americans, no, no. Americans genetically understand freedom and liberty, or at least most of us do. These third worlders don't. They come from these, like if you're from India, it's a caste system. If you're from Pakistan, there's that Muslim Hindu crisis that's taken millions of lives and is ongoing. Uh, if you're from right. Africa, you probably aren't even from a democratically uh, elected uh, right. place. Uh, there's right. you know plenty of dictators and whatnot going on over there. Uh, South America right. is a little better. Uh, you, you know there are yeah. some democracies. Uh, but on a whole, when I saw this guy, I was like, oh, no, he's an American, so he doesn't understand jack about us. So well, I, could, I think well, he's going to well, be even more ruthless. Well, Mark, that's the, that's the idea. 
install a non-American because he can be controlled more. But let me get let me get to my little part of my monologue. In Austria, Austria, yes, the great country of Austria that used to be a great country where 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 Hitler where Hitler was born. Really, uh, basically, if you are, you could be in prison for a year because you don't take the jab. Okay? Right now, CDC is also warning not to get the, the JJ shot, the Johnson & Johnson, because it has blood clot risk. No shit. We knew, we, we knew about that already. Uh, CDC, you're kind of late on that. Uh, yeah. 15 people. Fifteen people with mild cases of Omicron are treated in the UK. That's a big, big uh, headline. But this is even bigger, and this impacts New York, New Jersey. The most heavily vaccinated states in the United States, Rhode Island, Maine, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, the hospitals are being overwhelmed by that. Overwhelmed with what? So, this Omicron thing is very mild. Well, basically, that's what they're saying. But I'm saying the key point here is heavily vaccinated states. Okay? And you Before know what? The they're just lying. They're lying. If you recall, early in this bullshit pandemic, they were saying the hospitals are overcrowded. And news crews were going to the hospitals, and they were friggin' empty. So you can't Definitely. believe a damn word that Definitely. they say. It's pathetic. Definitely. Hi, Roy. Hey, Roy? how's it going? Good. Welcome. Yes, sister, Welcome to the Cisco and Falzone Hour. Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. Awesome. Okay, great. Uh well, we have tonight Roy Snar, who's a specialist in asset protection, long-term care, retirement planning, and is the host of Safe Money and Income Radio Broadcasting throughout Central Texas. Uh, Roy is a certified financial fiduciary and a life and annuity certified professional and a national social security advisor. A member, a proud member of the MDRT, top 1% of licensed financial professionals in the United States. Welcome, Roy. Welcome. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, being on. Thank you. Definitely, definitely. Um, we have some guests, I mean, some uh, callers already on the line, but let's go right to the nitty-gritty. Inflation. Yeah. You, you deal with a lot of investments. Uh, you have your uh, program, Safe Money. The current situation now, uh, inflation, food prices, gas prices, total spike of the, uh, of the currency, the, the devaluation of the dollar. Where do you see yep. this current situation going? Well, it's very interesting. If we look at history, um, to give you a perspective, 40% of – all the U.S. dollars were created in the last 18 months, 40%. Wow. Okay, so. Wow. Yeah, well, once we got off the gold standard in the 70s, then we became fiat currency and started creating debt markets and leverage, right? 
And so ever since then, we've been on this trend, and the Fed, their whole goal is to hypothetically manage the inflationary rate to be around 2%. Obviously, that's getting a little out of hand, as we've been seeing. We just got the numbers in from November, and it was the highest inflation rate in 40 years. And if you look at wholesale uh, inflation, like food prices, the numbers are kind of mixed because uh, they can be easily changed, but it's around 9.6% year over year. So there's different ways to measure the inflation. I mean, if you just have a grocery receipt from a year ago, you can see it yourself. Or even <clears throat> the fuel prices, like you just mentioned. I mean, we've seen an astronomically increase in fuel price, and that's direct inflation to our pockets, and it's eroding the purchasing power of our dollar. Hey, Roy, can I ask you a question, Roy? Uh, this is Mark Falzon. I'm the co-host. I want to ask you a question. Um, I read something that uh, – the way the uh, inflation rate was calculated, the formula was altered. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was in the 80s. Now, I, according to the old formula, the inflation rate would be 15%. Uh, can you shed light on that, sir? Uh, yes, I, because the consumer pricing index model, is, you know, it's been changed a few times, okay? And it's always to their liking, liking to keep control, and, at least in my opinion, right? And so if you look at actual real inflation, let's say, look, you mentioned 15%, and that's common because look at the asset evaluations of home pricing. They consider that an asset appreciation, but in all reality, it's also inflation because if the home prices have gone up, say, 20%, you're going to need 20% more of the same dollars to buy that same asset, Right. And so when they calculate inflation, this is why we get different numbers. We get consumer price index at 6.8. We get wholesale pricing at, um, you know, 9.6. And then we also get housing appreciation uh, upwards of 20%, sometimes even higher in different markets. So it's all over the board. And so what they do with some of the older models is they create an average of that. And this is where we're seeing that 15% come about. And that's where when we speak with people, we tell them, you know, in our opinion, if you look at the pricing of everyday cost of goods, this is what we're seeing. How about the, yeah, I, I was just how about the, the supermarket I, today? I got to tell you, I was just at the supermarket today. I saw a guy with a rib roast. It wasn't large. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been sufficient to feed my group. I had a look at the price. It was $105. Now, this wow. was at a shop, right? not at a butcher. And it looked like maybe this thing could serve four or five people, $105. I didn't see what it was per pound, but it's probably like $19, $20 a pound. Yeah, oh, I believe uh, yeah. we're, we're looking at getting a, a roast for Christmas, and it's going to cost us around $200 for a roast. And I specifically yeah, for remember. for a sizable one, we, sure. Yeah, and I remember last year we had the same amount of folks that come over to the house, and it was around like 125, 130 bucks, and now it's around 200. My wife told me that this evening. I said that's crazy. So we can start charging our mm. guests a door fee to come on in. So. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, on a personal note, I'm just thankful I have a very large lasagna in the freezer for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, there you go. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but uh, he, Roy, how about the, how about the ISM uh, index? We don't hear about it as much as we used to. 
Yeah, I'll get into that, too. Real quick, I just wanted to add, too, um, a lot of the inflation that people aren't realizing is actually coming from the labor markets as well, because no matter where you drive, you'll see, you know, come, you know, hiring, hiring. I mean, even right now, you can go to Chick-fil-A or some of these other popular, you know, fast food chains, and they're starting people off at 15 to $18 an hour. And so if they've got to pay that amount to these, uh, the workers, they've got to increase their costs also. And then and so it's a complete right. chain reaction. If fuel costs more, then they have to charge more. And then if the labor is a lot higher, which is very high right now, because nobody wants to work because they get so many incentives, then that's increasing the prices perpetually as well. So, I mean, if somebody told you 10 years ago that you could get a job at a fast food joint making almost 20 bucks an hour, you think you were, they were crazy. But that's actually what's happening right now. Great. So as I was uh, touching on the ISM index, which is basically, I believe it's the industrial. Manufacturing. The mission. Yeah. Yeah, the manufacturing. How, where is that at right now, Roy? Well, you know, it's all over the place because the, the, the issue that we're having right now, um, it, <laughs> the supply chain is creating a, a bottleneck effect, right? Because we are so dependent on outside sources. And so if somebody in the Chinese ports uh, becomes down with COVID, they'll shut the entire port down. And then we saw the backlog happening over in Long Beach, right? And so mm-hmm. all of these things right. are slowing down manufacturing. So when manufacturing slows down, when we have an insanely high demand, like every year, even this year, uh, you look at what people are spending on Christmas presents and gifts, it's still increasing. I mean, they just whip out their credit card, but it's still increasing. And so that's causing an inflation pinch in that sector as well. And, and again, it goes back to the whole trickle-down effect of everything is being affected by this. Got it. Got it. Yeah, so, you know what? I understand when, this very well. I was in major retail importing for 10 years before we even did business with China. And I'd, I'd like to relay this. Uh, there, were, there was a time Macy's had the first buyers go into China. They w- ended up at a rug plant and purchased enough rugs to fill three vessels. At the time, the wow. manager of the plant was tickled because the plant had to operate 24 hours. The whole town was working. Everyone loved it. All of this now, the telex department also reported to me, because that's how we communicated back then. I, we get a telex in from one of the ship captains. The Chinese Navy is ordering these ships back to port. Then, uh, mm-hmm. be, be, well, now you have to learn how the story ends. Uh, the Chinese government sends us a telex saying they're not letting these ships go because they, they think the price is too low. Now, here's where back then there was a separation from corporation heads now as opposed to then. I was so proud of what our president did. He sent the telex back telling the Chinese, if you don't release those ships as is under the contractual obligations, I'll see to it that you don't even sell another shirt to a retailer as long as I live. They ended up releasing the boats. And wow. our president, yeah, our president also said, look, we'll be more than happy to renegotiate a new contract when we purchase new goods, but this has got to stay stand. And they actually relinquished, and the ships were released. We were the first buyers in China, and that's a true story. 
Wow, that's very well, interesting. So, so yeah, Roy, so everything, uh, everything came in via talent. Yes. yes. Wow. So, retail sales are down. But despite retail sales are down, we have the current administration saying the economy is booming. Excuse me, call them a regime. Don't call them an administration. They're a freaking regime. Well, I, I, I won't even mention his name. <laughs> that's, that's bad enough. But retail sales are down. Price, uh, gas prices are up. Uh, unemployment supposedly is, after the adju- adjustment that is made with the UI6, UI5, whatever that, those numbers that they they uh, they play around with, supposedly it's down. Mm-hmm. And, and the economy is supposed to be booming. Well, how do you see it? It's a, it's a contradiction. Yeah, there are. I mean, if you look at all the actual fundamentals, there's nothing but contradictions because certain indicators show that uh, consumers are out there spending more money than they ever have on certain sectors and then less on others. And if we take a look at the overall economy, look at the markets. I mean, it doesn't take anybody with – Uh, I mean, very basic common sense. If you look at the markets and the P.E. ratio, some of these companies and what they're trading at, everything's overpriced, right? All these indexes are overpriced. And we keep riding this roller coaster because it's an artificially created economy that we live in, right? Because we actually live in a Keynesian economic system, not an Austrian. Mm -hmm. So Keynesian is, hey, let's, let's reduce the interest rates, which encourages borrowing, which encourages spending. But that also encourages inflation. I mean, money is essentially free right now. If you think about it, if, if inflation's at, let's call it 7% or even 15 if you look at some of the other higher averages, but yet you can borrow a half a million dollars from your house at 2.75%, they're paying you to take the money, right? So real interest rates are actually negative if you look at it mathematically. And so the reason for a lot of this is that the Federal Reserve is buying all these bonds, is buying up the market, buying assets, and then also keeping artificially suppressed rates down where people can take more money out on margin and invest in the money and then also buy real estate and other things. And so it's, it's an artificially created economic situation, and it can't go on forever. Every country in history that has run on a fiat currency model has lost. I mean, we're the, the, only, right. the reason why we're the cleanest shirt and the dirty clothes hamper is we're the reserve currency currently, right? Everybody goes through us. So, you know, look at the Nikkei in Japan. It still hasn't recovered. And they did the same thing, and they're still doing it. They're buying stocks over there. So. Well, I think, I think one, of the, one of the things that is fascinating in regards to this whole economic picture, not just from a domestic aspect, but from an international, global is the fact that, and, and a lot of people are not talking about this, maybe you, you are on your show, but it's this whole ripple effect that these Chinese real estate markets, and, you might, and, and some, some of our listeners may say, oh, what do we have, what do we, why should we care about what's happening with the real estate market and, and these uh, companies in China? Well, Evergrande, Evergrande is one of the largest real estate companies in the world. And a lot of companies around the world are invested in there, and they have failed to meet their debt obligation. And there's not just that one. There's about 13. So I'm saying 
let's keep an eye on what's happening over there because if that collapses, it's going to have a ripple effect around the world. What do you think? Oh, I agree. I, I agree because, with, you know, you got to look at it. China's GDP, right, about 30% mm-hmm. of it is the real estate market. So it, there's, a, right. there's a cultural difference in, in China where owning a home is, like, the biggest investment. So traditionally they're not very uh, – a lot of the, the Chinese are not, like, big risk takers in, like, the Hang Seng and the markets. They're like, hey, let's buy real estate, and that's, like, a status for them. You want to marry up high, you own a house, you own a condo, right? And so what happened with Evergrande, yeah. they're building out these giant ghost cities and collecting yeah. payments for it, and then they couldn't service their own debt level. And unlike the U.S., right, China is not going to just step in there and say, ah, don't worry about it, we'll just bail you all out, like we did with all the banks here and auto manufacturers. China's not doing that. And if you look at it, I mean, China's a massive player in the global economy, so if anything goes – array there, it's going to affect us. It will. And with 30% of their GDP being real estate, and now it's having a, a dramatic issue. I mean, this is like Lehman Brothers times 10. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how they actually service that default, because now we're in the second rounds of default with Evergrande, and that's their largest home manufacturer and investment, investment arm out there. Yes, yes. I think uh, I'm keeping an eye on. And by the way, I, I I've been to China, and uh, traveled through quite a few cities. And I went to I went to one of those ghost towns where they have all these big buildings. That was in in Guangzhou, and big buildings, and there was no one living there. It was yeah, really I, if you creepy. look at it online. It, it's weird. It almost looks fake, like it's from a movie or you're playing Sim City. You're like, there's no way, because they have entire retail centers, parks built out, all of this. It's, it's like a post-apocalyptic yeah. movie almost. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, that, freak, that was one of our, our tour guides took us on one of those to go see the ghost city. <laughs> and one of the questions I had is, how come there's no one here? <laughs> And he said, "Well, they're trying to move people from the from the uh, the country into these cities." That was mm-hmm. in two thousand and seven. Exactly. That was in two thousand and seven, and today they're still ghost cities. But anyway, uh, so what? How do you see this this playing out uh, next year? We have the whole COVID vaccine mandates. That is impacting mm-hmm. staff shortage. Staff shortage. I mean, we just had Amtrak, hospitals, Oracle. Some of these companies now are basically moving away from the uh, the unlawful, unconstitutional jab uh, mandate that uh, this current administration, without naming who, is setting. I mean. Yep. It, how, how how does that interact with that economy? It's going to be uh, it's on, on a head collision. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah, no, very much so. I mean, and it's sad. I mean, there are certain states that are giving kids free pizza if they get a jab because they don't have to have parents' consent. And it's like, regardless of your personal belief in anything, it's like you can't do that. Like that that is unconstitutional. That is not right. And having people forced to get jabs, I have clients uh, all throughout the country. Some of them are healthcare workers, so they're subject to this uh, criminal mandate. 
and they're at home. They work remote. They never go to an office. Why would they even possibly need it if they're completely isolated? Uh, But yet this is happening. And so, you know, there's going to be a lot of tailwind effect from this. I think one of the most recent examples we could see is with the airlines. Oh, weather is causing all the cancellations. Is it really? (laughs) I mean, we're fortunate that we write um, a lot of uh, insurance for some of the people, some of the big airlines up in uh, Washington. And a lot of those people are our clients and are saying, no, what what really happened is a lot of the staff said, we're not going to be forced to take something that doesn't fit our belief system just to go work for a company, right? right? So th- there's going to be some telling effects of that. I think the bigger thing that could happen in the future, <clears throat> because nobody knows what the long-term effects of this is, right? Because this is true right. therapy. How is it going to affect people's health in the future? And I think that's going to be the bigger issue because we already have a problem in the U.S., just like how in Japan there's more adults in diapers than babies. We also have our own right. demographic cliff here. China's way worse because they have a child policy, but as folks are getting older and they start becoming chronically ill from symptoms, and maybe some of those are related back to some of the medical measurements that were put into place, I think that's going to be a bigger issue than the current one where people are being forced to take a jab because a lot of people will just do it, unfortunately. So. Right. Uh, 254, do you have a question for Roy? Uh, uh, are people being insured why this um, ep- so-called ac- epidemic, pan- pandemic is going on? Yep. Are they, I'm sorry, what was your question? Are they being insured? Because people have life insurance, and sometimes they want to go get life insurance, and sometimes the insurance say, no, we can't insure you at this time, or it's so expensive to buy it that they can't afford to pay for it? Oh, okay, great question. So right now in the industry, and here's something else to think about, right? These multi-billion dollar insurance firms that have been, been around for a lot of them over 100 years that have never had any financial issues are still offering coverage. So if this was, let's go back 100 years and say the Spanish flu, uh, the, the issuance of life insurance would, would be dramatically slowed down. But in fact, we, we are seeing in the industry the highest rate of applications for coverage, both on life insurance and long-term care, since the, the late 80s when the big market recorrected in 87. And so whenever there's market crashes or recorrections, uh, people buy life insurance. But uh, we're seeing the largest influx in recent history. And so these insurance companies are still taking people and going through ordinary underwriting. In fact, a lot of the underwriting, you don't even have to take a medical exam any longer. You can just do a phone interview and fill out a health questionnaire, and you may qualify that way. Where they have cracked down, though, is people with pre-existing respiratory or heart conditions that are older. So if you're over 50 with most companies and you have heart issues or respiratory issues, they used to still offer people coverage. They would just charge them a boatload. And nowadays they're saying no. If you're past an underwriting risk class of, say, level five, they have levels or tables they call them, then we're not going to offer you coverage right now. But if you have COVID and you apply – All you have to do is wait 60 to 90 days, depending on the company, get a doctor's note saying that you're better, and they'll issue you coverage. So it's surprising to see the media tries to scare everybody, but 
the insurance companies aren't slowing down on issuing coverage, and they wouldn't assume that type of risk unless it could be something that was actually very dramatic. Hmm. Okay. So. Good. Very good question. Uh, 539-732-539. Uh, do you have a question for Roy? Okay. Uh, do you have a question for Roy? Okay. So, Roy, uh, in regards, to, you, you made a very great point in regards to the uh, airline industry in regards to these health care workers. How, how do you see, especially with the big propaganda, the big push by the media that we are in a crisis, now with the Omicron and the Delta and, you know, how many more variants are coming, how many more boosters are coming, what do you see in regards to uh, is the insurance industry going to say, since you're very involved with the insurance industry, in regards to these mandates? I mean, we, we, we're seeing companies, like I mentioned just a little while ago, that are taking the position that they're, you know, they're, they're going to suspend it, you know, uh, no matter what. How does the insurance exactly. industry, are they going to go in the same direction or, or are they going to be uh, bullied in, into basically do, do the dirty work for the government? Uh, that, that's a great question, and that's something that we, a lot of my colleagues yeah. uh, and myself have been asking. Uh, but as of now, that's not the case because, you know, one of the concerns is, hey, look, you cannot own life insurance unless you have uh, all of your booster schedules. Right? Or we'll give you a special discount on your life insurance if you have all of your booster schedules. That's never been spoken about, never been implemented. Could it happen in the future? Uh, potentially. But, see, what's different is insurance is regulated per state, right? So there are federal guidelines put into place, but it's per state. So Texas will have different insurance policies in California and New York and Florida, for instance, right? So it would take the, the state to actually encourage that and the insurance companies to mandate that per their policy. So let's say, for example, ABC insurance company says, hey, you have to have a jab and all your booster schedules and uh, wear your mask when you take a shower, all this stuff, in order to get our policy. Well, if people don't believe in that, they'll go with a different insurance company. And fortunately, there's so many options for people today. So I really hope it doesn't come down to that because that's going to be very unfortunate. Uh, the thing that we have on the positive side, the insurance industry is a very old, old, strong industry with great lobbyists. And so uh, nothing's been spoken about as of yet regarding any forced uh, jabs or medical procedures in order to get it regarding COVID. Fantastic. You want to provide your website of your company and also uh, the show and and basically um, your time to go out there and, and, uh, and, and uh, sell the great products that you have. Yeah, you can easily just Google my name, uh, Roy Snar, S-N is a NATO, A-R-R. Fortunately, I have a really bizarre last name, and I'm all over Google. And just by Googling that, you can see my site with the information there. Uh, we help people with life insurance, long-term care planning, um, and also safe money strategies. Um, as mentioned, I am a certified financial fiduciary. I don't actively manage people's money. I stick with the asset protection side of risk mitigation. 
especially in today's world with everything going crazy. People are looking for safe places to park money where it can at least keep up with inflation without paying high fees or having risks. And we help thousands of people all across the country with that, um, especially the long-term care, because that in itself, you could see that as being a pandemic alone because 70% of people are going to need some level of care at one point, And it's incredibly expensive and nobody wants to be in a nursing home. Look what happened with the nursing home. People couldn't even see their parents or loved ones. They were locked out of there. And a lot of these nursing homes were walking around giving these people jabs without their consent. They didn't know what was going on. Maybe they were in a skilled nursing home, right? So there's a lot of issues with that. So people want independence and control. And while we still have that now in our society, there are ways and measures that you can create leverage to protect you and your family so that you're not forced into a government type of situation. Because if you don't have anything in place, the government through Medicaid will take care of you, quote unquote, but it's gonna be their facility and their rules. And what's to stop them from saying, well, if you want your parents here for care, uh, they have to have all these procedures done, otherwise they're on the streets. Now that hasn't come down yet, but they floated those ideas. We've heard about this from certain senators right. saying, well, hey, if you want your Medicare options, you've got to get a jab to help protect the solvency of the Medicare. Well, Medicare is not solvent anyway. Neither is Social Security. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. How about, how, about, how about if you can touch on a nudity? A nudity has have gotten a bad rap, but as I've learned mm-hmm. over the years, a nudities seem to be a better uh, type of investment than actually stocks. There could be, there's a lot of advantages to annuities. Um, and, and like you said, there's, there's negative connotation with it. And there's a lot of reasons yes. for that. Um, but let's look at the root of it all. Okay, what is an annuity? Annuity just means payment. That word actually dates back to the Roman Empire. That's how they paid the Roman soldiers a stipend, a pension. They paid them an annuum, which was a payment. That's the whole root of annuity. There's over a thousand different types, right? So when people say, oh, I don't like annuities, I say, okay, well, then don't take your pension and don't take your Social Security because those are annuities. No, no, I like those annuities, <laughs> right? And so it, the, a lot of the times, it, it, you know, earlier uh, where they became popularized was the Lutheran Church and then through the moving forward into like the 80s, people would own an annuity and they would just give them a payment and there wouldn't be any access to the cash, right? And then they would die and the insurance company would keep it all. Well, nowadays, they've dramatically changed. Over the last 25 years, you can actually have your money with an insurance company, right, with an annuity, and have that asset protected. So think of it as portfolio insurance. We insure our homes. We insure our cars, our lives, all kinds of things. Maybe a laptop from Best Buy, we put insurance on it. But most people have zero insurance for their life savings. And so the annuity can provide that type of insurance where it allows people to actually receive a decent rate of return and have protection from the downside of the market while not paying any advisory fees. You see, the industry is very archaic in the financial realm. And so if somebody's going to charge you 1% of an asset, if you actually do a spreadsheet on that, it's an incredible amount of money compounded over the years. A lot of times annuities don't have any fees. And so when money is placed with an annuity, there's no leverage, there's no margin, there's no borrowing against it. It's a solvent product that is a triple guarantee. In every state, the funds of an annuity are backed by the state guarantee program, which is similar to the FDIC, 
and it's up to a quarter million dollars. So these are triple guaranteed products, and there's different flavors of them as well. And a lot of times people are just misled. Oh, I heard annuities have high fees. Sure, variable annuities do. I heard you can't get any interest. Sure, fixed annuities don't give hardly any interest. But there's also indexed annuities and other varieties that can give people guaranteed lifetime income, inflation protection, and a place to park cash where it's safe. Right, right. I, I, I think it has, uh, and it's a lot more, a lot more safe to invest in annuity than it is to invest in stock. The stock market can crash; annuity will not lose its principal. Correct? Yeah. If you get the, if you stay away from variable annuities, think of variable as something that can change, right? So variable is based on the stock market. Um, and so there are fixed and indexed annuities. Indexed annuities are the hybrid type of plan where they give you a participation of what the markets do, but you don't lose anything on the backside, and you can own them without any fees either. So that's very advantageous for them. And then the overall portfolio, uh, you know, you can have a healthy balance of each one. I mean, if you were stuck in an annuity only getting 5% and the markets just did, you know, an appreciation of over 100% in three years, wow, you missed out. But when the markets do correct, which they will, it's just a matter of when, you can wipe out all of your gains, everything, right? And so with the annuity, it creates that balance, and that's what's really important. And it's unfortunate because a lot of advisors, even though they are fiduciaries, they may not have access to the plan. And so they'll tell their clients, oh, you don't need that. Keep your money with me, and we'll charge you 1%. Well, how can you be acting in the best interest of a client if your scope is limited? So this is why we created a general agency that's nationwide where we work with all of the providers out there. We don't have a bias. We literally just shop the plans for people and show them how they work. So Definitely. Uh, 539-7131, do you have a question for Roy? Okay. Yeah, annuities and long-term care might not be the most exhilarating topic, but uh, they do provide that safety <laughs> net um, versus what all the mainstream media is going to tell you to do. Keep it all in there, right? So <laughs> Definitely. So you were mentioning in regards to what the uh, you know the insurance industry may do or may not do. Well, let me – I think – I think this is something to uh, to keep in mind. The New York Assembly, the New York Assembly, and the New York Senate. Basically, they have two bills on January fifth, twenty twenty-two. New York eliminates parent consent imprisonment without a trial. Number one, Assembly Bill 8378, force COVID shot mandates to attend school. Assembly Bill 8398, eliminate religious exemption for work and college. Bill 83091, eliminate parents' consent to shots when a child reaches 14 years. Bill 8416, allow governor to imprison Without trial, anyone they consider to be a threat to public health. Is this where we're going, Roy? 
uh, where you're not going you're not going to have a say on the elimination of health freedom, freedom of choice. And that's, and see, that's the reason. scary because that's the that's a loosely worded phrase. Anything that's like the red flag laws. Anything here on that mm-hmm. allow us, uh, allows the governor to imprison without trial anyone she considers a threat to public health. Well, what is a threat? If I have a, dis- a difference of an opinion, is that considered a threat? They can sh- ship shape that any way they want to. That's the, the most concerning thing there because what it is is creating total government control, right? I mean, this is 1984 all over again, right? I mean, yes. that's what's very yes. scary George. about it. And Yeah, George Orwell, right? And, and what's, Orwell. what's nuts is that – who are the trial states? New York and California, right? Because they have an overwhelming majority of, you know, some radical left in, 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 their, uh, in their congressional offices, right? So they're kind of like the mm-hmm. trial states. And that's where the, all these extreme measures come out. Just like in California, like, you know, the people can get, uh, kids can get vaxxed uh, without the parents' consent. And this is what they're trying to do here, too. You know, and so it's very scary. I, I really hope and pray that this doesn't actually come to fruition because it's 100% not constitutional. If this was taken to the Supreme Court, there's no way with our current system that it would go through. If it's challenged, it can't. Yeah, I mean, and we've seen we've seen so far with the two the the judge in Georgia, the judge in, in, in Missouri, and the judge in Louisiana that basically. Uh, the, the fifth and the sixth circuit have struck down this the administration's vaccine the fake vaccine mandate uh, because they consider it to be unconstitutional. Now, one of the things that I was reading today, the little chance that I got uh, that I had, was the whole thing with the sixth circuit in regards to OSHA. They're basically saying this mandate of a hundred people that you have to basically, any company that has over 100 people, it's not really work-related. It's not work security or safety in, in, that, in that perspective. So I think that's a positive that the chief judge on the Sixth Circuit is saying that. I still don't trust them because, you know, it's I mean, let me ask you, what is your opinion? What what is your opinion when this comes about? And then, I mean, what do you feel is going to happen next year? Well, I think, I think it depends where, do you, where you live. If you live in a, in a blue state, you're going to get a, certain, a different treatment than if you live in a red state. I think that they're trying to segment and divide the country, the people that are willing, subservient of these government bureaucrats and the ones that mm-hmm. they feel are not. So I think, I think the, the, the scary part in, in, in regards to all of this is the fact that can we really trust the Supreme Court? Because this is going to end up in the Supreme Court. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, 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 and even now, like, they're, they're going to show us your papers, right? We get into certain restaurants in California and New York and some other places, and look what's happening in Australia and Austria. Like, huh, show me your papers. Yeah. Does that sound familiar? History repeats itself, right? And so 
It's absolutely right. insane that these measures are coming through. And I, I agree with you to your point there with, about the Supreme Court. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, there could be one or two really good judges there, but the powers that be, maybe they just override it. I mean, if you look at some of the stuff we have going on today, it's very unconstitutional. I mean, even Social Security, being forced to pay into a social program to pay out benefits, that's not constitutional. Neither is income tax. They pass income tax temporarily. Well, it's very, been a very long time right. since 1913 has been temporarily imposed. So what they do is they slowly but surely add little by little by little. And then how do you create control? Well, you scare people. That's why all the big media stations are trying to scare everybody. And wasn't it interesting how South Africa refused the Pfizer uh, additional shipment in, and then all of a sudden the, the Omicron was a big deal from them, right? It's all tied in. It's just crazy. Yes. I think, I think uh, that's a perfect, that's a perfect uh, analysis of that because at, uh, Africa in general has only 6% vaccinated. People are vaccinated, 6%. And there's no pandemic. And when the South African president basically told uh, Pfizer, we don't need your, 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 your jab, that's when it started. That's when it, it popped up. So, mm-hmm. yes. Yes. I, I mean, look, so, look right here, domestically. Look at California's COVID case rates versus Florida's. I mean, Florida has, like, some of the loosest provisions there, even more than Texas. And they have some of the lowest issues right now <laughs> you know or look at israel or gibraltar 100 percent vaccinated look at the cancel christmas it's like that's right it, the common sense is on the wall but people are constantly inundated with misinformation and if you look at all the big outlets who are they sponsored by who is the program brought to you by and you know just 10 years ago these were all huge criminal organizations let's not forget about who paid out the largest criminal fine in history pfizer and now all of a sudden they're, they're our saviors? How, how did the perception change so rapidly? Well, it's, it's due to, if we go old school, yellow journalism, right? So. That's right. Well, we don't really have any – journalism is dead as, as, as it was at one time. So all right. um, <laughs> I, I, I do want to get back to the, the, the insurance aspect of it. Long-term care – if you can basically break it down, how does that work in regards to cost, in regards to treatment? You know, what what plans can be used that really uh, will benefit someone that at the age of 60, they say, oh, my God, I need long-term care. I should have planned for it. How do you advise uh, clients in that aspect? Well, everybody, if they can, should have some level of long-term care that's privately owned, okay? And there are plans out there that are very inexpensive. It's just that the mainstream media, a lot of big brokerage houses and advisors, they're not going to go deal with the paperwork because it's not easy. There's a lot of health questions and screenings and uh, you know, you got to follow the money, too. There's more money to be made in the management of assets than there is selling a, a, a long-term care policy for in-home care, right? And so what we talk about with people is that, hey, look, here's the reality, okay? 
there's a 70% likelihood that you're going to need some level of long-term care with it through, in your lifetime. And if you're lucky and you're part of that 30%, you're probably going to be taking care of somebody that you know or love that's in that 70%. Medicare will only cover the first uh-huh. 20 days, maybe, if you qualify for it. And they only cover skilled care. Okay, and so oh, I wow. cover the okay. first 20 days, and, and yeah, 100%. So a lot of people have the perception, I have Medicare, it'll take care of me. No, it won't. And then they'll go, well, I'll just go on to Medicaid. Well, to get to Medicaid, you have to become impoverished, essentially. Uh, you have to decimate your assets, and they do a five-year look back. And I even ask people, even if you, that is your goal, why would you want the government choosing your level of care and placing you where they want to put you with their rules? Why not create independence? And then the other side of the coin is a lot of people feel that they can self-insure. <clears throat> oh, I have X amount of dollars. I can pay for it myself. Sure, maybe you can, but why would you? Right? I mean, the cost of care today nationwide for like a private room is about 100000 a year. And within the next 10 years, we could see that num- number actually double. So even if you have millions of dollars, you're going to have to blow through that. Imagine pulling that money out of your life savings and your legacy to pay for a crooked wow. healthcare system during a recession. Okay. So the other way to look at this, this goes is like, look, if your house was paid off, would you still own homeowners insurance? Would you? Of course. Of course. Of course. Right. But you don't have to, you don't need homeowners insurance. If your house is paid off, you only need that to protect the lender. Not you as the individual. This is all designed to protect the big banks, okay? And so I ask people that, and they go, yeah, I'm going to have it. Well, there's a, is there a 70% likelihood that your house is going to burn down? No, because if there was, your homeowner's insurance premiums would be way higher. So people, they will insure a house that's paid off, but they won't insure the long-term care. So if they have 100000 set aside for long-term care, they're going to have to blow through that 100000 and then if they need it for the average time frame, which is actually closer to five years, and Alzheimer's, dementia, and Parkinson's can lend you into a care facility for upwards of eight to 12 years, they're going to be spending wow. close to a million dollars of their own money. However, if they can do this before any dramatic health situations, there are opportunities today for people to reallocate assets inside of a portfolio where they can say, you know what, I'm going to park Fifty or hundred thousand dollars. Let's just use a hundred for round numbers with an insurance company. If I want my money back, I can get it. If I die, my family gets the hundred thousand back. But if I need care, the insurance company is going to pay me upwards of four or five hundred thousand dollars, guaranteed and tax-free for my care. They're going to pay me back my hundred first when I go on to care, and then they'll kick in the difference. So there's an incredible amount of leverage that can be created. The reason why most people right. don't know about this is because they don't advertise on TV. And do you think the guy at ABC Brokerage House is going to move money that's being actively managed and earning asset fees into a stagnant account that doesn't have any ongoing fees with it for the advisor? No. Right? Of course so it's not. a matter of perception. Mm-hmm. So uh, 254, do you have a question for Roy after, after hearing all of that? The other thing I'll ask I heard you is some that, of it. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was listening. 
just going to say also the other thing, too, is life insurance, right? Today, you can own a life insurance policy that will pay out 100% of that death benefit while you are alive if you need long-term care. And a lot of people don't know about oh, that. Oh, wow. And that's also an Wow. Option. Yeah. Yeah. I did, I did not know that. So how about if you have life insurance and you have an annuity, which one takes precedent? Say that again. If you have life insurance and then if you have a life insurance, if you have, let's say you have a a a term life insurance policy, but you also have an annuity, and you need long term care, who kicks in first? Well, okay, so that's a great question. If that term policy has a long term care provision on it, right, and a lot of them Uh do, depending on which state you live in, a lot of them do. You can activate the life insurance. Uh, long-term care feature and the annuity at the same time, okay? Now, which one would you activate first? If it's a term life, it's going to have an expiration date on it. I would recommend activate that term life and get that money while you can before it actually expires, depending on the expiration date. So there's actual planning that goes along with that, or you can convert that term into something that's guaranteed for life that provides long-term care, right? That's another option. And so we, we just toggle between the two, and there's a difference between how you get the money. With life insurance, generally, they will give you the cash on what's called indemnity, which means that you can spend that money or your family can spend that money however they want. There's no proof of receipts or proof of expenses. You, they could push you in a wheelchair to Vegas and blow all your cash, right? <laughs> with, traditional long-term, with traditional long-term care, um, you have to show proof of it. They're not going to just shell out cash. They're going to say, show us the facility or show us the in-home uh, service that you're, that you're using and how much their costs are, and we'll reimburse you up to the policy limits. But with life insurance, you can spend the money however you choose. So there's pros and cons to each model. Ideally, in a perfect situation, right. we help people with a little bit of both. But it comes down to it. Some people don't have an extra hundred grand to invest into asset-based care with an annuity. So we use life insurance. Maybe they're comfortable with paying 80 bucks to 100 bucks or 200 bucks a month, and they get some level of care. Because at the end of the day, all of these strategies probably won't cover the entire cost, but something is better than nothing. Definitely. You want to give out your website and also the program Safe Money. When is that on the air? So our audience can listen to it, to your expertise. Yes. Yeah, so- Yes, yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's on 590 AM uh, KLBJ, and it plays every Sunday morning at 730. And then my website is roysnar.com, and, like, I have lots of videos and information. Uh, I give away – I wrote a book on Social Security. I have two other safe money books. We give all this, these resources away for people, right? Even if they're not interested in purchasing anything, they don't have to pay me a fee. We give it away. And the reason why we do that – and the reason why I do this is because you could watch the video about it, but my mother became disabled when I was 14. We lost absolutely everything. That was during the 2001 crash. And I, as, as a kid, I didn't know what was going on. And, you know, the only money we had was Social Security. So when I was, went to college, I started studying finance and trying to figure this out. And I found out my mom had no disability coverage, no long-term care, nothing. She had a very small life insurance policy. She's still alive, so luckily she never had to use that. But if she had these measures put into place, our life would have been dramatically different. Now, I'm fortunate for what did happen because it got us to be where we're at today. 
But my whole mission is to help educate people. They can make their own decisions. And if they want to work with us to help them, great. But if not, at least they become educated so they don't have to go through a similar situation. Because the majority of people who call into um, my show or they see me on TV and they write us, they say, hey, look, my parents are going through long-term care. I don't want to put my kids through what I'm going through. Or they'll call us and say, I just had a stroke or a heart attack. Can I get it? And a lot of times we can't. So if you're eligible for it, you should definitely look into getting some level of coverage, whether it's through me, uh, another advisor that's your friend, somebody, just get something. So That's very good advice. I mean, uh, I'll tell you, it's uh... – I learned after my parents, my father passed away, no insurance. I just became an insurance believer after that. Uh, uh, 254, do you have a question now for uh, Roy? Oh, that was good information. Uh, some people have tried to get, in, well, I think that's when the, the so-called virus was going on, trying to get some of their life insurance to pay them, and... Mm-hmm. They said no. So that's interesting. I've heard that too. But you have to look at, there's something called a, you're talking about life insurance, correct? Right, right. Long-term. So they had, okay, so there's long-term care and then there's life insurance. So sometimes, let's look at the life insurance, insurance. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. It was? Okay. Okay, so let's take life insurance. There is something called a contestability period, and on average, it's two years. So if you misrepresent any information to the licensure and they don't find out, which is almost impossible. They have AI. they got algorithms. They'll find out if you missed a credit card payment when you're a teenager. It's insane the amount of information they get on people. Okay, so if, if something slips through the cracks, okay, or you committed suicide within the first 24 months, they would deny the claim and they would pay back the premiums. But even if you committed suicide after the 24 months or died from whatever cause, they would pay out. Now, I think what you're talking about here is a difference between traditional life insurance and accidental death and dismemberment. So accidental death and dismemberment is a form of life insurance. It's very common. Employers give it to you. The credit union. I get people that say, hey, I got got $250,000 in coverage for eight bucks a month. I go, yeah. If you die on the Tuesday and it's not raining, they might pay it out. So a lot of times these these rumors of insurance companies not paying out is misrepresented because of the type of policy. So if you die of COVID, that's considered a natural cause, okay? It's not from an accident. So the people that own life insurance said, hey, you know, mom and dad or brother and sister or my spouse had this life insurance policy, they're not paying out because he died of COVID or she died of COVID. Well, true, if it was an accidental death and dismemberment life insurance policy, they're not going to pay out because he wasn't hit by a train. But if, if it was a traditionally owned life insurance, they would pay out. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. So uh, we have 90 seconds. Uh, your prediction, summary of what's going to be happening in regards to the economy next year? Well, we are well overdue for a reset, and we've been hearing <laughs> there's lots of things you can put with reset, like great reset, but we are well overdue in, in the markets. Um, like what would they say at the economic forum? You will own nothing and you'll be happy. Like they're just throwing it in our face. Yes. But anyway, 
Um, so we are well overdue for a correction. And so the biggest thing to look out for, okay, is the Fed rate hikes. People ask me all the time, the Fed announced they're going to do three rate hikes next year. Why aren't the markets reacting? I go, because nothing's been done yet. That's why. There's still free money. There's still leverage. They're still pumping artificial fiat currency into these markets. But as soon as those interest rates start to rise, we're going to start seeing some issues. And if they start rising, they get to about one and a half, maybe 1.75 or even two, we're going to have problems. So the Fed is in a predicament. They have to increase rates to curb inflation. But if they increase it too fast, the whole entire market's going to go back to its mean, its average. So well, I, I think towards thank the end you, of Ro- next year will be a very telling time. So, Thank you, Roy, for coming on tonight, taking you away from your, your family. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. And you're always welcome back to, to be on the program. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you all. All right. Have a good evening. Next okay, week we'll have Bye. another. All right. Next week we'll have another special guest. We look forward to it. Mark, be careful. Yeah, I wanted to be sponsored by students for a better future. Definitely. I love the way you say that. All right. We'll see each other. God bless America, and we'll see each other next week. Have a good one. God bless. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.